the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You've been given keys to the kingdom. The keys to the kingdom may be manifested in a variety of ways in your life. They're going to be manifested through the power of your testimony as you share the gospel, God's story, and your story. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Hey, thank you so much for um, allowing me to be here with you this morning. I don't take this privilege lightly, the privilege to open up God's Word. And I pray that as we come to the end of our time this morning, you will have heard a word from God. And so thank you for that opportunity. Let me also say, you know this, but you are a blessed church. You have an incredibly gifted preacher a strong leader, a compassionate and loving pastor in my brother Paul. And I know I'm a little partial on that, but I think that it's true. And let me also thank you for loving my mom well. Um, It's not difficult moving eight hours from the place that you've lived pretty much all of your life, but... um, But you, her Mission Hill family, has made this move easy. She has fallen in love with you, the people. She has fallen in love with you, the church. And so thank you so very much. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I hope you do. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. We're not going to stay in Matthew 16, but that's where we're going to start this morning. Back in 1999, I moved our family to Orlando, Florida, the home of the home of Universal Studios, the home of SeaWorld, the home of Gatorland Zoo, and of course, the home of the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom opened in 1971, and from then until now, they have had over 20 million visitors every single year, 20 million visitors. And those 20 million visitors eat a whole lot of food. Every year, the visitors to the Magic Kingdom eat 7 million hamburgers. They eat a half a million pounds of mac and cheese. They eat 2 million pounds of watermelon. And that's only a few of the things that they eat. They eat a lot of food. There are over 350 chefs who make all of that food. Now, you're probably asking, where do all of the people that go to the Magic Kingdom stay? Well, the Magic Kingdom has 30,000 guest rooms. Not talking about Orlando. 
I'm talking about the magic kingdom. In the magic kingdom, there are 30,000 guest rooms. That's a whole lot of rooms for a whole lot of guests. And you probably think with, with 20 million guests every single year eating so much food, staying in that many rooms, they make a mess. The Magic Kingdom must be a dirty place, but really it's not. There's a trash can every 30 feet at the Magic Kingdom. And they have this trash system that is underground. The trash moves at 60 miles per hour underground to a central place where all of the trash is taken. 60 miles an hour. There are over 70,000 people who work at the Magic Kingdom. Back when the Magic Kingdom first opened, it cost $3.50 a day to go. $3.50. Now, it's $109 for a single day pass to a single park. Now, the Magic Kingdom is a pretty incredible place. I mean, all of the glitz and the glamour, the rides, the shows. And if that's not enough for you, they have princes. They have princesses walking around. But what you need to understand about the Magic Kingdom is the Magic Kingdom isn't a real kingdom. It's an amusement park. Nobody lives at the Magic Kingdom. There isn't a king who sits on the throne of the Magic Kingdom. But today I want us to focus on the king and the kingdom. Today is perhaps the most important day in the history of your church. Because today you're going to be making commitments that will determine the future of what you do for the kingdom of God. Then over the last several weeks you've been in this campaign that you've called for. It's for you. It's for you because this campaign is giving you an opportunity to focus on and reach your one. And so who is your one? Who is that person that you desire to reach more than anyone else for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God, so that they will know the love of Jesus? Four is for you. Four is for the next generation, the preschoolers, the children, the students who go to mission Hill and and who live in the community around Mission Hill. And I think that each of you would agree that that the kids that are growing up today are, are growing up in a different world than most of us grew up in. The things that, that my children and my grandchildren are facing today are far different than anything that I faced growing up. The forest for the next generation. Forest for the city, Tampa, which is one of the fastest growing cities in the world. A city that is made up of people from all over the world that need to hear about the love of Jesus. And for is about the nations, the people that live in other places, other countries that don't have access to the gospel, but, but they need a church like Mission Hill to share the good news of the gospel with them. But most of all, for is about the king and the kingdom. Now, the reality is most Christians today don't talk about the kingdom. We talk about the church. We talk a lot about the church. And don't get me wrong, the church is important. 
The Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ, and, and one day the bride will be presented spotless before the throne of God. And, and the church is the body of Christ. The church is the vehicle through which Jesus works while he is in heaven. And the Bible tells us that Jesus' desire is to build his church. And yet, when I look at the church and, and I look at the impact that the church is having on the world and on society today, it doesn't seem like we're making much of an impact. To be honest with you, it doesn't seem like we're winning. It seems like the world is winning. And I think the reason is because we're focusing on the church and not on the kingdom. You see, when Jesus was here on this earth, his focus wasn't the church. His focus was the kingdom. In Luke chapter 4, verse 43, Jesus said this. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God because that is why I was sent. Jesus was sent from heaven to earth to preach the good news of the kingdom. The word church is only found three times in the Gospels. But the word kingdom is found 127 times. A large portion of the stories that Jesus told, the parables that he gave, focused on the kingdom of God. You see, the church is not the ultimate aim. The kingdom is. The church is simply the, the conduit through which God is working in this present age to build his kingdom. You need to understand that. The kingdom is forever. The church is for this age. But, but what did Jesus teach about the kingdom? Well, as you read through the New Testament, you discover that, that the kingdom is talked about as a present reality and a future hope. There are times when, when Jesus would say the kingdom is already here. There, there were other times when Jesus would say the kingdom is near. In one sense, when Jesus came, he ushered in the kingdom. And, and those who received Jesus become a part of his kingdom. But in another sense, we know that the kingdom is not yet come. There is something more. There's something better that we are longing for, that we're waiting for. You see, the kingdom is our future hope. The future hope that every follower of the king is looking forward to. A kingdom where there will be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain. A kingdom where wars and rumors of wars will be things of the past. A kingdom where hatred and division will be done away with. A kingdom where the lion will lay down with the lamb. A kingdom where the little child will, will play with the deadly serpent and not be harmed. A kingdom, yes, give God a hand. A kingdom where, where all of the evil in this present age will be gone and Jesus will make everything new. That's our future hope. But the kingdom is also a present reality where the rule and reign of Jesus is already being seen. Because you see, wherever the king is, his kingdom is to be found. 
And so if Jesus is ruling and reigning in your life, then the kingdom is being manifested in your life. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now... We continue with our message. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. I want to give you a little bit of background. Jesus had had been dialoguing with the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day. And and then he took his disciples and he went to this place called Caesarea Philippi. And while he was there, along with his disciples, he asked them a question. He said, "Who, who do the people say that I am? The disciples said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Others say that you're one of the other prophets that have risen from the dead. And and then Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, but who do you say I am? And without hesitation, Peter answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's when Jesus said in verse 18, some of the most powerful words in Scripture. He said, on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Now, verse 18 is a pretty powerful verse. Jesus tells his disciples that his church will be built on that affirmation, that that statement that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, God in the flesh. And Jesus said that the gates of hell will not be able to stand against the advancement of the kingdom. Some people, some people read that verse and they they think that the church is, is gathered in this building, hiding behind these gates, and the gates are there to protect us against Satan and hell. But that's not what this verse says. This verse says that the church is advancing the gospel into the places of hell and setting free the captives. And nothing, absolutely nothing can stop the advancement of the gospel. Listen, when you and I focus on Jesus, when our churches focus on Jesus, Jesus, and we don't get distracted by all the other things that can so easily distract us. Jesus said the gates of hell will not be able to stop you. But then it doesn't stop. In verse 19, Jesus moves to his ultimate purpose. And he tells us here the ultimate purpose is not the church. The ultimate purpose is the kingdom. Notice what he says. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, 
I, I want you to reach into your pocket or into your purse and take out your keys. Take your keys out. I want you to hold on to your keys for the rest of our time together. Take them out of your pocket. Take them out of your purse and hold on to these keys. And I want you to be reminded as you hold on to these keys, as you feel these keys throughout our time together, that you have been given the keys to the kingdom. What you open, no man can close. And what you close, no man can open. You've been given the keys to the kingdom. You have the opportunity. You have the privilege. You have the access to open the door to the kingdom to all of the world. And that's what you're supposed to do. You've been given the keys to the kingdom. Now, I don't know how it is at your house, but not everybody has keys at my house. I mean, you got to be a part of the family to have the keys. But when you're a part of the family, you're given keys, and you can come and go as you please. You can invite anyone you please. You can come and eat and fellowship and stay and hang out because you're a part of the family, and anyone you invite is now part of the family. And Jesus said, you have been given the keys to the kingdom. Now, I want to share with you three things about kingdom living this morning that I think are important wherever you are. And, and I believe with all my heart there are going to be some of you here today that need to hear this first truth. There are others that you need to camp out on the second truth. And there's some that you need to just go on to the third truth. But, but the reality is these truths about kingdom living, they speak to each of us. Now, here's the first truth. We enter the kingdom through a narrow gate. There's only one way to get into the kingdom, and that's through the narrow gate. Jesus made it clear over and over again that if we're going to enter his kingdom, we can't enter it the way the world enters their kingdom. We enter the kingdom differently than the world. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is preaching a, a message that we call the Sermon on the Mount. And, and in verse 13, he says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. There's not many ways. There's not multiple ways. There's one way to enter God's kingdom, and that's through the narrow gate. And then he says, the highway to hell is broad. Its gate is wide. There are many who choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult, and only a few people ever find it. The gate, the door, the entrance to the kingdom of God, it's, it's narrow. And that word narrow is the Greek word stenos. It's the word we get our word stenosis from. Back at the end of August, I had back surgery. I had five herniated discs, and I had a problem that seems to come on you as you get older. I had stenosis of, of the vertebra. And stenosis is when the vertebra begins to narrow. And as it narrows, what happens is the nerves that go in the vertebra, inside the vertebra, they are now being pushed on by the vertebra. And so the nerves are now touching the vertebra. They're touching bone. And I can tell you from experience, when that happens, it doesn't feel good. And so they go in, 
and they, they cut off the back of the vertebra, and then they, they begin to shave the vertebra out so that it is not as narrow as it was before, so that the nerves aren't touching it. You see, that's what happens when you have stenosis. It's a narrowing, a narrowing of the arteries. It's a narrowing of the vertebra. But understand, we may be able to go in and we may be able to clean out arteries and fix a narrowing of the arteries. We may be able to go in and and clean out the vertebra and, and make the vertebra a little more wide. But you can't do that when it comes to entering the kingdom of God. There's only one way to enter and it is narrow. It's so narrow that you can only go in one at a time. You can't enter the kingdom as a group. You see, some of us have this idea that because my family is a part of the kingdom, I'm entitled to be in the kingdom. But no, you have to enter the kingdom on your own. Others of us have this idea that because we live in America, and America is a Christian nation, therefore we're a Christian, we're a part of the kingdom. But no, you don't enter the kingdom that way. You enter the kingdom individually, one at a time. It is so narrow that you have to individually make a decision and make a choice for Jesus to enter the kingdom. But here's the deal. You can know about Jesus You can know who he is, you can know what he's done, and you still not be a part of the kingdom. Later on in in chapter 7, Jesus said this, he said, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Jesus said that there are going to be many people, many people on the judgment day who say, Lord, Did we not cast out demons? Did we not do many wonderful works? Did we not preach and prophesy in your name? Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Just because we know the facts about Jesus doesn't mean that we know Jesus. Not everyone that says, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a narrow way. It is so narrow that there are people who know who he is, who know what he has done, who still aren't going to be a part of the kingdom. Jesus said in, in Matthew 19, he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That, that word change, it means to turn. Jesus said, unless you're willing to turn from the way you presently live, turn from the world you're living in, turn from the way you presently live your life, unless you're willing to turn from that, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So how do we enter it? How do we get into this kingdom? Because I got to tell you, I believe every one of us wants to be a part of that kingdom. I mean, Jesus is the king. And he is going to rule and reign forever. And you're not going to want to miss his kingdom. So how do you get there? Well, Jesus' very first message, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he said this. He said, the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Jesus said there are two things that we do to enter the kingdom. We repent of our sins. We turn from sin. 
You see, you need to understand that, that salvation isn't being saved from hell. Hell is a byproduct of our sin. Salvation is being saved from sin. We turn from sin. We no longer want to live under sin's control. We no longer want to live under sin's rule. Each and every one of us are born into a sinful world. And each and every one of us are born with a sinful nature. And we realize that we have no control, that sin is ruling and reigning in our life. And we want to be set free. And so we turn from sin. And when we turn from sin, we place our trust in the only one that can help us. That's Jesus. And we trust what Jesus did on the cross to take our sins away and save us. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.